Welcome to LifeBeat. I'm your host, Chris Gast, Rights Life Michigan's Director of Communication and Education. Joining us today is our Education and Events Coordinator, Katherine Kinsey. Welcome, Katherine. Thank you. Uh, so, uh, we're in the middle of the petition drive still. Well, not the middle, it's the end, but it still feels like the middle. <laughs> it does. Uh, I know in the last episode, I thought maybe we wouldn't have to talk about it again, but, uh, you know, we still have our uh, end date coming up on mm -hmm. the 12th. And so uh, keep collecting through the 12th and then make sure you send everything you have in on the 13th. Make sure you're not, uh, you don't have a misplaced bunch of petitions anywhere because uh, we'll need every last one to make sure we get to 400,000. And uh, we're going to stop taking orders for petitions on the Petition Drive website on Monday yes. at 3 p.m. So if you are listening and you want to collect signatures, you feel inspired, uh, better get to that Petition Drive website by 3 o'clock on Monday, and yes. that's michigan-values-life.org. So uh, today I thought we'd talk about uh, Ohio State football, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Centers for Disease Control, yeah. uh, but first I thought we'd talk about uh, the latest abortion myth that we included on our year-long series about mm -hmm. abortion myths, and this one is a very interesting one. You hear it a lot. And uh, it's debunking the myth that there are millions of women who would die in back alley abortions if abortion were ever uh, illegal again. Yeah, and this one is, I think, one of the most common ones that you hear, really. Yeah, I'm trying to think of a more common one. Um, nothing really comes to mind yeah. other than uh, <laughs> our number one myth which everyone will have to wait for a couple of weeks to get to. <laughs> um, now, this myth is really all based on absolutely nothing. Right. You know, mo mo some of the myths have some kind of, uh, you can make some assumptions that you think are true that are not true, uh, or some little piece of information that gets misconstrued. This one was invented out of whole cloth, Catherine. Oh, yes. This is just pure falsehoods. Propagate fake news. Yes. <laughs> the fake is fake news. Uh, so it's important to uh, look at where this claim came from. And what we have is a former leader of NARAL, which is the National Abortion Rights Action League. Uh, today it goes by NARAL Pro-Choice America. Mm -hmm. um, they need to talk to their PR firm. That's kind of a mouthful. Um, <laughs> And the leader is Dr. Bernard Nathanson. Uh, Bernard Nathanson is a very interesting guy. He, so he was a leader of NARAL and uh, obviously very supportive of abortion and was one of the leading uh, voices behind abortion becoming legal. Mm -hmm. And himself, uh, I think he estimated he had done maybe uh, 50,000 abortions, yeah. including his own child. Wow. Aborted his own child. Uh, and he later came to reject abortion. And mm -hmm. for him, he said it was the, the knowledge of fetal development that uh, just weighed so heavily on his conscience that it broke him down. Uh, so, I mean, that's a huge, that's a huge reversal. Going yeah. from you abort your own child mm -hmm. to, uh, oh, no, what have I done? Right. Uh, 
And his is a very interesting story. Uh, his autobiography is called The Hand of God. Uh, he was a very haunted guy. I mean, you would be haunted if you yeah. had taken the lives of 50,000 people mm -hmm. um, and later come to reject that. But, uh, and he was famously the host of the, one of the most well-known pro-life videos of all time called The Silent Scream, mm -hmm. which is uh, where you can see a first trimester abortion on ultrasound. Uh, very similar to, obviously not with the same clarity mm -hmm. that you would see in during the movie Unplanned, for example, but uh, it's very similar. And you can see the child uh, kind of struggling against, uh, you know, this strange stimuli in its environment that's in fact trying to take its mm -hmm. life. Um, Bernard Nathanson said that they just invented that number. Yep. They needed a number to get abortion into the public conscience. Uh, abortion really wasn't thought a lot about in the 60s and early 70s, although there was movements afoot in some states to try to legalize it. Um, when the Supreme Court made their decision in Roe versus Wade, it caught the entire country flat-footed. Now, um, if the entire American public were really all against abortion, then Roe versus Wade would have been overturned quickly by constitutional amendment or whatnot. Mm -hmm. uh, so there was, this idea was already floating out here. So uh, the abortion supporters were very smart in the early movement to lay the uh, groundwork, mm -hmm. and it was through pure propaganda. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, they, they literally got people to believe that... The claim back then was that there were ten thousand, tens of thousands of women dying in back alley abortions uh, every year. That's why we need to legalize abortion. Um, they totally invented it, uh, and it worked, didn't it? It did. I mean, as you can still see today, people believe that number. I know, and if you ask people to cite <laughs> where that number comes from, what do they come up with? You, you can't really... Cite it too well. No, you can't. <laughs> That's what Bernard it's, Nathanson yeah. lied to everyone uh, back in the 60s. So uh, the best source of data that we have on this myth is uh, the Centers for Disease Control. And uh, you can today look back through the CDC abortion report, and they just released a new one, which we'll talk about in a minute, um, the most recent one. You can go back and look through, and the number of deaths due to illegal abortions and legal abortions in 1972 and 1973, uh, it was, I think both of them are under 50. Yeah. Um, for both, right. legal and illegal. Um, now, there may have been a point in time which uh, more women than that died in illegal abortions because they were happening. Um, not the... You hear claims that there are millions of illegal abortions mm -hmm. happening. That's another ridiculous myth that we didn't touch on. But there, there are claims that there are more illegal abortions before Roe versus Wade than there were actual legal abortions after Roe versus Wade. Yeah. Does that make any <laughs> logical sense to you? It does. It's not. legal now. Now I'm not going to have an abortion. That doesn't yeah. make any sense to me. No. Um, but the CDC numbers are now. We don't know that they're fairly accurate. Actually, Bernard Nathanson himself. Uh, would suggest that maybe there were uh, 500 uh, or less deaths due to illegal abortions mm -hmm. uh, in the country before Roe versus Wade is overturned. Certainly not the tens of thousands uh, that he was telling everyone in the media. Mm -hmm. um, and the real key for that is realizing that you know uh, women may have died in illegal abortions uh, at a greater rate 
you know, say in the 1920s, but everyone died of any surgery right. at a much higher rate back in the 1920s because Catherine, what did we not have in the 1920s? Uh, really in, 1920s. Antibiotics. Antibiotics. Uh, if you got sepsis, if you got uh, surgery, went a little bad, you got an infection. Um, there wasn't much you could do. There wasn't much you could do. Yep. Um, <laughs> I mean, you see pictures of, like, even in the 30s, you know, pe people with tuberculosis are just, like, wheeled out into the fresh air, hoping the fresh air will help them, because there's mm -hmm. just not a lot they could do. I think it was 1928 when penicillin was invented. And so any kind of surgery uh, back then and before then, obviously, was extremely dangerous, because right. we just didn't have the tools to treat infections. So, uh, so the biggest change in mm -hmm. women's mortality for abortions or any surgery or mm -hmm. anything uh, was the invention of antibiotics. Right. And it had nothing to do with the illegality or the legality of abortion. And uh, if you look at who were these uh, abortionists doing these back alley abortions, which again were not millions of back alley abortions, mm -hmm. um, Planned Parenthood's medical director estimated that 90% were physicians. Right. And so what happened is these illegal abortionists, after Roe versus Wade happened, um, they just kept doing abortions, except nothing they could advertise. Nothing really changed, yeah. <laughs> and nothing really changed, because they still are, today are operating filthy, nasty yeah. facilities. They don't want any uh, state or local regulation. Um, still botching abortions, uh, just like that Muskegon right. place, you know, where there was rusty surgical equipment, surgical equipment being reused between women. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, the back alley never went away. The back alley is still with us today, right. uh, except they can advertise openly. That's yeah. the main difference. And even now with, like, some of the legislation allowing for some non-physicians to perform abortions... Like, yeah, yeah, they want, the uh, yeah, nurse, yeah, nurses performing surgery. Why not? I guess uh, if it means more abortions, um, and so it's just the whole myth is kind of disingenuous. Another piece of information that we can look at, which I find is very helpful, is something called uh, the maternal mortality rate, which is literally how many women die because of pregnancy. Mm -hmm. Now, if uh, abortion being illegal caused a bunch of women to die then the maternal mortality rate would be high. Right. Uh, and according to this logic, legalizing abortion, and the more you allow abortion, the, mm -hmm. the more women will have abortions, which is apparently safer than childbirth, they claim, then the right. lower the maternal mortality rate will be. That's their logic, right? Right. Well, uh, the U.S. has the most liberal abortion laws uh, in the world, mm -hmm. except for China, North Korea, and Vietnam, a uh, great company. Um, do we have the lowest maternal mortality rate in the world? No. No. Do we have lower maternal mortality rates than uh, European countries where you actually believe that there are some fairly significant abortion limits, you know, like say you can't have an abortion after 12 weeks, mm -hmm. Uh, or you can't have abortion for specific reasons. Uh, does the U.S. have low, lower maternal? No? no. No? Okay. Um, what about countries like Ireland that until recently uh, completely banned abortions? Or uh, Poland? No. No. Actually, Poland and Ireland have fantastic maternal mortality rates. Uh, 
compared to the entire world. Mm-hmm. What about a country like Chile that is not as economically prosperous and even at one point made it illegal even to have an abortion if the, if the mother's life is at stake? Wow. Which, yeah, wow. But who has a higher maternal mortality rate? We do. We do. Uh, so what gives, Catherine? I guess it's, I guess it's bad logic. Oh, yeah, I guess it's bad logic. So in actuality, the, what's most important about maternal mortality is, uh, A, what's women's general health? Mm-hmm. Um, are they healthy? Uh, you think about problems that cause maternal mortality like preeclampsia and whatnot or, or blood pressure issues. Uh, good medical care, good medical mm-hmm. systems. Obviously, a, a country where uh, you have easy access to antibiotics and top-notch care, mm-hmm. uh, you're going to have a low maternal mortality rate. Mm-hmm. Um, other countries, not so much. Now, uh, I'm gonna, I haven't looked into this issue a lot, but I'm going to guess that uh, America's high maternal mortality rate uh, is based largely on the health because we, the right. American people, are not so healthy. In fact, uh, you know, the life expectancy for middle-aged people is declining, right. which is something that uh, you know, we haven't seen in the world for decades. Right. So the greatest thing you can do if you want to save women, women's lives, Catherine, is <laughs> not legalizing abortion on demand. Right. Uh, it's making sure your medical system is good mm-hmm. and to stop eating Doritos. <laughs> Right. I love Doritos, yeah. but we got to stop eating Doritos mm-hmm. if we want to be healthier people. Um, so when you hear that myth, don't let them get away with it. Challenge them. Just challenge them. Where are you getting that information? Right. Who told you that? Mm-hmm. And if their answer is, well, everyone knows, then they don't really have a source. Mm-hmm. And the fact is they've been told it by other people who've been told it by other people. It's a massive game of yeah. telephone. And no one has a source. And the original so. source is a guy who admits he blatantly lied yeah. to make sure abortion was legal. So that's that myth. Debunked. Busted. (laughs) Boom. All right. Uh, So the most recent CDC report. uh, So the CDC report lags uh, a little bit behind, a couple years. Mm -hmm. And so this is the report uh, from abortion from most of the states in the country. Uh, I think there's three states that don't report, including California. So the numbers are pretty incomplete. Uh, But when you have 47 or so states, um, the data, you know, and these 47 states always report it. You can always see the trends and the information is good. And mm-hmm. so uh, you did a blog post that we're uh, kind of waiting to put up about it. So what was in the report? Well, the good news is um, there was another decrease in the total number, uh, which it has been, you know, steadily decreasing since the 1980s. Um, but yeah, there was a 2% decrease from the previous year, which is 2015. And so uh, that's not just a number that is mm-hmm. just great. I mean, those are lives saved. Right. So those are tens, uh, tens of thousands of children who were born uh, who wouldn't otherwise have been. Mm-hmm. So that's good. Um, there weren't any big changes in the right. CDC report. Um so uh, maybe we should talk about a couple of things that people might not be aware of that we've touched on maybe, you know, every year in the podcast, but mm-hmm. uh, helpful to uh, do that or anyone listening on the radio. Um, so uh, what stands out the most to me when you look at abortion statistics is the repeat abortion rate, mm-hmm. uh, one thing. And that is close to about 50%. Mm-hmm. So if you have two women sitting in an abortion facility waiting room, 
One of them's already been there. Right. If you have four women sitting in the abortion uh, facilities waiting room, you know, two of them have already been there to have an abortion. One of them has already been there to have two abortions right. mm -hmm. or more. Mm -hmm. um, do you think, I don't think people know that very well, right. do they? No. I mean, you think a stereotypical woman who has abortion is, you know, maybe a college age woman or a high school age woman who, um, you know, uh, gets, has an unplanned pregnancy and has one abortion. But abortion right. is, you know, it's there's a cycle that it you kind of get locked into. It is. How many women out there have had three, four, mm -hmm. five abortions? It's not a small number. Tens of thousands of women in the United States have had multiple, multiple abortions. Mm -hmm. Um, and these abortion facilities know it. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is their client base. I'm assuming they keep track of them. They treat it like sales in a lot of cases. Uh, and these women keep coming back. Yep. We had an abortionist on the east side of the state who talked about women who keep coming back. And he kind of talked about it like kind of a weird thing. But um, he didn't want to judge anyone. But, <laughs> I mean, I guess if you can abort your own child and do 50,000 abortions, um, then... Having a woman come in for her seventh or eighth abortion, right. um, maybe you get a little frustrated, but if you're the abortionist, you're making bank on that. Mm -hmm. So, I don't know. Uh, any what, what kind of numbers and information from those reports stand out to you? Um, well, there's uh, also, you know, the, um, the ages or the gestational ages of the babies, which, um, you know, a good, a large number of uh, the abortions happen pretty early in the pregnancy, but even once you get to, you know, the just over 7% that happen after, you know, between 14 and tw 22, um, that's still a large number when you compare it to the total, which I know we've talked about before. And then there was even, you know, a one over 1% that was over 21 weeks. Um, which that's still, you know, over 7,000. Yeah, yeah. 1% of 700,000 is, that's 7,000. And yep. uh, if you told people there were 7,000, you know, mm -hmm. abortions that late in pregnancy, they might be shocked. Right. Um, but uh, the abortion industry hides behind the 1% because mm -hmm. they do so many abortions right. otherwise. Um, <laughs> well, it's not a big deal, they say. Uh, which is interesting because... If they're saying it's not a lot, they're automatically kind of admitting that late-term abortions are bad. Right. But yeah. uh, they don't want to put it... They would never say that. No. But we will. Um, one other thing that stands out to me in these reports is uh, the numbers by race. And so, uh, theoretically, uh, if a... You say that uh, the black population were 15% of America, mm -hmm. then they would have 15% of abortions. Uh, and et cetera, you know, things don't always work that way. Um, and maybe you might expect those numbers to be a little skewed because um, just uh, the socioeconomic factors that poor women mm -hmm. tend to have more abortions uh, than uh, women of higher incomes. But Catherine, these numbers are insane. And I know we've yeah. talked about it, but in Michigan, you know, 50% of abortions are on black women, and they, mm -hmm. I think, are 14% of Michigan's population. This isn't a skew. This isn't, um, I mean, this, there's, this isn't an error. Right. I mean, this is a massive focus of the abortion industry on these women. Mm -hmm. And so much so that abortions, um, 
are the leading cause of death in America if you look at everybody. Mm -hmm. uh, but abortions in the black community dwarf every other cause of death combined in the black community. And it's right. only now that the abortions have declined so much that that number of abortions is even uh, close to being equal to all the other causes of death combined. Right. Um, you know, why don't people know that? I know. It's never talked about. But, I mean, we'll talk about <laughs> it. Uh, yeah. It's embarrassing for the other side to talk about. It. They it don't is. want to admit it, but they know these numbers, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, they look at these reports. Sometimes they write these reports. Mm -hmm. uh, and they just, like the abortionist who doesn't really care that he's They're doing okay the seventh or eighth it. abortion, they just are happy to keep doing that. Mm -hmm. um, you know, there's a really interesting article in the New York Times a couple of days ago uh, basically saying that abortion is losing and uh, the abortion supporters mm -hmm. are all at each other's throats, uh, which may not appear to uh, even us at times mm -hmm. because, you know, we just kind of treat them as a monolithic block sometimes. But there are conflicts in between. Mm -hmm. And in the article, there's a really interesting quote where a lady says, like, if all we're doing is paying for poor women to have abortions, then we are eugenicists. And then she goes on yeah. to say, maybe we should be advocating for other political uh, issues which they do anyway but if yeah. the shoe fits Catherine <laughs> she maybe who knows if it was probably unintentional but she really kind of outed them a little bit there maybe she feels like a eugenicist but you yeah. know what you are because yeah. that's what the practical effect of what you're doing is mm -hmm. and the fact that you won't even address uh, this extreme target and focus on the black community for abortions and what's happening um decimating mm -hmm. the population um we yeah. talked about this with john james you know uh in the last podcast you know that is you could call yeah. that genocide because your your specific those numbers would not be that high unless you were actually targeting mm -hmm. that population and so those are the CDC numbers, so overall it's good. I do want to say, though, that actually, you know, abortions in the black community are decreasing. Mm -hmm. They have been decreasing, but the decrease is very small when you compare it to other racial groups, you know, mm -hmm. um, white women, for example, um, or Hispanic ethnicity. Those numbers are declining faster. And so uh, there's a lot of work for us to do there, but, you know, gee, it'd be really great if these people who uh, right. think feel like eugenicists sometimes would, you know, maybe realize you are. Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, one more thing uh, we wanted to talk about with the report is just that, you know, it's great that the numbers are declining, but, you know, over 600,000 abortions that these states have reported to the CDC, including Michigan, uh, these are real human beings. Mm -hmm. um, and so I wanted to close with talking about a real human being that was targeted for abortion and it didn't happen and that is uh starting running back for ohio state star running back jk dobbins mm -hmm. uh, a lot of people in michigan were very sad to see him uh <laughs> <Yes>. on <laughs> saturday uh run up and down uh michigan like uh, uh good football right. reference here like tim biakabatuka did <laughs> a few years ago against ohio state um but during the actual broadcast, a Fox Sports anchor mm -hmm. told the story that uh, J.K. Dobbins was going to be abortion, but his mom didn't go through it, uh, through with it. And uh, he's he, the only reason he's alive 
and crushing the soul of <laughs> the maize and blue diehards uh, is because of his mom's decision. Right. And so uh, that's a good thing, right? That he's with us. Mm-hmm. Isn't that a good thing? Now, people who support abortion might say, well, that was her choice. So that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. But when you're targeting the black community for all these abortions, when you want to increase, you want to enact policies that increase the likelihood of abortions, when you spread these myths around to keep abortions illegal, um, the practical effect is people like J.K. Dobbins, you're sentencing to death. Mm-hmm. And you bear moral responsibility for that. Right. Uh, now, one thing I wanted to kind of talk about with J.K. Dobbins is, and there's a little debate in the pro-life movement. So, Catherine, I'm sure you've heard this argument that, um, you know, we shouldn't have abortions because, you know, one of these children might invent the cure to cancer, right? Right. And there's a certain logic to that. Um, some other pro-lifers would say, well, you don't want to say that as an argument because the other side will come back, well, you we aborted the next Hitler, and that's a good thing. Um <laughs> Right. Or the idea that somehow you have to in- invent the cure to cancer for your life to have value. Right. So I think from a logical standpoint that um, I can see where they're coming from to say that you don't want to say that, um, you know, it's not always a great argument to say, well, this kid might invent the cure to cancer because, mm-hmm. you know, we believe that abortion is wrong because every child has human value, every unborn mm-hmm. child, regardless of what's going to happen in their life, which you can't predict right. um, at all. Um, and the other side has made the argument that we can lower crime rates by targeting mm. minority communities uh, with abortion, which is bad yeah. because uh, you can't just assume that that unborn child is going to go and commit a crime. However, you know, I think it is still worth pro-lifers, even if it may not be the best logical argument, you know, to point out, we have to put a human face on this issue, you know? Um, I was unplanned pregnancy. I might not be here. Mm -hmm. Uh, J.K. Dobbins was an unplanned pregnancy. Mm -hmm. He might not be here. Uh, When we pass bills like our ban on Medicaid-funded abortions, you know, tax-funded abortions, there are more than 200,000 people who are only here because we passed that law. Um, And... While we don't know if this unborn child is going to be the next Einstein or the next Hitler, on balance, you know, we have to ask ourselves a question. We talked about this at a recent episode with the mm-hmm. antinatalist movement. Right. Is it good to have more human beings in the world yeah. or is it bad? It is good. It is good. And if you're answering that question, then you don't mm-hmm. really love your fellow man and, right. and fellow women. So. I think it's good that J.K. Dobbins is here, even because <laughs> uh, no, not just because I'm not a U of M fan anymore, <laughs> but um, uh, because uh, he has a life and he's enjoying right. his life uh, and whatever the potential his life may have, good or bad or in between, as it is really for all of us. Mm-hmm. I'm sure Einstein was really mean to other kids when he was in <laughs> school. Um, life is good. And the more lives we have, this is a good thing. Mm-hmm. This is what human civilization is for, right. is the flourishing right. of human beings. And so abortion is bad. Yes. Because it takes a, a life, a life that had potential. Mm-hmm. And many would say a purpose. All right, that's all the time we have for this edition of Life Beat. 
Join us again in two weeks, maybe, depending on whenever we're turning in these 400,000 signatures. But stay warm and enjoy the rest of your December if you don't hear from us then.